0: resume right after.
1: All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast, one of our special episodes with our good friend Gary Smith, all the way over from uh, the UK. Morning, Gary. How are you doing?
2: I'm very well, thank you, guys. Yeah, very well. Good afternoon, as it is here. Just ticked past three o'clock in the afternoon here, but I know it's early for you where you guys are.
1: Yeah, 8 a.m.,
2: which is yeah,
1: not too bad of an hour. So we thought we'd get started, Gary. We also have Tyler on board with us, and we're waiting for Brennan. Um, He's a busy guy, but hopefully he'll be able to join us. But wanted to maybe get a quick Crawley Town update. Uh, Tyler, I've noticed, has been following along a little more closely this year. I am. I'm slowly Uh, turning to the the side (laughs) of Crawley. Come on, Reds. But they had uh, a nice first half, relatively good first half, against Doncaster away. And then it just all went to pot. They lost uh, four to one after being tied one to one at halftime. And uh, it got kind of, uh, we were just talking about it, kind of a, uh, I don't know if a bogus. It was a handball, but it's one of those handballs. that was bang, bang, header right into the guy's arm a foot away. Most of the time that doesn't even get called. But uh, it seemed like uh, you were there. What did you think about that handball, Gary?
2: I thought it was harsh. Um, it was difficult from where Ken and I were based because it was over on the the other side of the field, and there was a couple of Crawley players who jumped up to try and get something on the cross to sort of deflect it away from the goal. Um, and I think most of the Doncaster players were as surprised as anybody that the referee pointed to the spot. There were no real appeals from any of the Doncaster players. Um, Harry Ransom, I think the defender was the, the offending player for Crawley. And I, I don't honestly think, like you just said, Brian, there was too much that he could do. You know, the, the Doncaster guy got on the end of it and literally sort of headed it from no more than six to eight inches away, you know, straight back at Harry. And I, I don't honestly think that Harry's hands were in a, in a place to try and commit any sort of offence. Um, and it it just seemed to knock the stuffing out of, of Crawley a little bit. You know, that made it 2-1 to the home side. There was obviously two more goals that came after that, but it it just seemed to knock the stuffing out of Crawley. After they'd worked hard to, to get back on level terms, to be level at the break after going behind so late on in the first half, James Tilley got the goal to make it 1-1. And they'd started the second half well. They were on the front foot. They were being positive. They weren't overly creating too many chances, but you sort of thought that something was going to happen within the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes. But you know that when the game is at 1-1, that if there is going to be a next goal, it's it's very finely balanced and the next goal is going to be very, very important. And after the goal went in for Doncaster, maybe because of the decision or I don't know what it was, but Crawley just seemed to lose that little bit of belief that they could suddenly get themselves back into it again. And I, you know, take nothing away from from Doncaster, but my own personal perspective of it was, I didn't think Doncaster were a, a great side. On the day. I, I didn't think they were three goals better than Crawley. Um, that decision obviously went a little bit in their favour. A couple of lucky deflections that ran into the, the same striker's path so he could hammer home the third goal. The fourth goal is a disappointment because the guy picks it up and runs a long way before he sorts it past the Crawley goalkeeper. Um, and I think just for that last, last half an hour, Crawley just seemed to lack a little bit of belief that they could get themselves back into the game and you know, they'd, they'd done it before. They came, they came back against Salford to, to rescue a 2-2 draw, didn't they? They came from behind twice. They had to cope with Stockport scoring twice to make it 2-2 before having the belief to go on and score what turned out to be the winning goal in the only win so far this season. So, I don't know. There just seemed to be that sort of change of mentality. And I think fairness to, to Tom Nichols for, for coming out and speaking so openly and honestly to me after the game obviously taking his role as skipper this season very, very seriously. Um, because whilst Kevin was talking to the, the club media, uh, Tom came to find me to say, do you, do you want to talk to someone, Gary? Do you need to speak to a player about, you know, to get something to send back to the BBC that, that they can play out. And I I thought fairness to, to Tom for doing that, having the the, the responsibility and the, the leadership to sort of step forward and say, okay, I'll talk to the press as the captain of the side, I, I'll talk. And, You know, and he even held his hands up to say, look, I'm I'm partly to blame for the fourth goal. I gave the ball away and then the guys run 60, 70 yards before he scores the goal. Um, But he he basically said to me, you know, collectively, individually, we're not doing well enough. We're not doing the basics. We're not winning the ball. We're not winning the second ball. We're not tracking back. We're not tackling. We're not winning headers. You know, all the sort of basic things that, that Kevin talks about that you would hope players will, you know, will do and it's it's not always going to work in your favor but I, I i just thought last week was harsh i've seen a couple of interviews heading into tomorrow's game with kevin who says that they've they've trained well uh, the 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 preparation for tomorrow has has been good you know they've trained just as if they would have done they've tried to put last week behind them but he kevin and i think a lot of the supporters are looking for a and commentators as well are looking for a, a major uh, reaction tomorrow in the game against Stevenage.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough. Stevenage is in third place uh, in League Two with 22 points. And Crawley with one win on the season out of 10 and six points, it is going to be uh, an uphill battle. And that was one, one of the questions I have wanted to talk to you about, Gary. What do you think the difference is between um, American fans and English fans and and just as an example uh, we just saw that Rob Edwards who took Forest Green to the the, one league two and got them promoted and then he ended up taking the job at Watford and after 10 games now he's looking for a job again and Uh. they were in 10th place in the championship and uh, that I thought was interesting that that's uh, since 2002 Watford has had 17 managers which seems like a lot, but it seems to be the turnover in England is a little bit more so than in American sports.
2: I think there's a lot of, um, a lot higher expectations maybe from the fans uh, over in this country of their particular club that they follow. Um, Using Watford there as an example, they've yo-yoed as well between the Premier League and the Championship over the last few seasons. They came up with Brentford a couple of years ago and Norwich. Watford and Norwich went straight back down again. I think they they I think them and Norwich possibly hold the record for the most number of relegations out of the Premier League, back into the Championship. And I mean, tenth, tenth in the Championship, to me, isn't isn't a bad place to be. After ten games, you're you're a quarter of the way through the season. You're not struggling at the wrong end of the table. Um, Rob Edwards is, you know, clearly trying to implement some some new ideas that are, uh, you know, seems for the majority seem to be working. If they if they're currently sitting in tenth place, but I think the expectation of a lot of club owners now and club fans is maybe greater over here in the UK than it is over there. I don't know too much about the ownership of of clubs over in your neck of the woods but we know there's an American based company that own Crawley. Uh we know you know there's a lot of um investment into clubs like Manchester City and Arsenal and and things like that and you know you you just wonder if if things weren't working out for, for Pep Guardiola 10 games into the season with all the investment that Manchester City had, would they make that call to get rid of him? Because the expectation is they're going to finish first or second in, in the in the Premier League every single season, and they're going to go very close to winning the FA Cup and probably close to winning the, the Champions League or, or something like that. I, I think it's just very different expectation levels over here. And sometimes I think just a, a knee-jerk reaction that that isn't the the right thing, you know. Rob Edwards has gone from League Two with Forest Green Rovers, taken them, as you say, Brand, into League One. He stepped into the Championship to take a job. Doesn't seem like he's done too bad. If he's guided them to tenth in the table, what's the what's the what's the realistic expectation of, of Watford fans? Where were they? Where were they expecting to be after ten games? You know, seven or eight points clear at the top of the table, unbeaten in ten games. It's probably not likely to happen. So you feel yeah. a little bit for Rob. And I've seen a few people saying as well, if Crawley decided to take the same course of action with their manager, Rob Edwards is available. <laughs> Having won yeah. League Two last season. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, was, that was one of my first thoughts. And then just to follow up on that, my, my follow-up question would be is, how are the new American owners adjusting? It seems like there's a huge learning curve. I know Preston Johnson had a, not a mea culpa, but was, had a video out it's headed back over to the UK to be a little more hands-on for a little bit. Um, but I think they understand perhaps they might've bit off a little bit more than they were due, more than they could chew. And uh, it's a lot harder than they
2: expected. Very much so. Uh, yeah. I think that would be the case for, for anybody, whether it, it was Wagme or, or anybody that had come in to, to take over running Crawley um, just to have the money to sort of back up buying however many players it was that, that Crawley got in over the course of the summer or maybe not buying because I don't think there was a great deal of money changing hands, but to bolster the squad the way that they have isn't always a guarantee, as we can clearly see for Crawley, that it's going to happen on the pitch. You know, it has to be the right blend of players, the right mix of players. And I think, you know, you, you sort of hope that the owners don't make that, that knee-jerk reaction we were just talking about and maybe they give Kevin a little bit more time. I, I saw some stuff about, you know, tomorrow's result is is vital. Uh, and it could be that if Crawley lose, that might be the, the straw that broke the camel's back as it were for the owners. Um, but then you think, well, then would they hold their hands up and say, we got it wrong in the summer. We we appointed the wrong man. And then what's their process then going forward to appoint somebody different. D- Does that make sense? Oh yeah.
0: Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Tyler.
2: You know, well, And for me,
0: like I, as a fan, you know what I mean? Cause I always try to think, well, as a fan, what do I want to see? And like you said, to have your captain come off the field and seek out the the local broadcaster and be like, "Gary, I need to talk to you. I need yeah. <laughs> I need to get a I need to get a few thoughts out there." I think yeah. that's that's what we want. We want a little bit of ownership from the players on the field because ownership can do a lot. Management can do a lot, but they mm. don't walk out on the field in the end, right? And nice. that's who we're cheering for is the guys that walk out on the field. So for me, I always want to hear from someone that was out there. Someone Mm. that was in the trenches, right? Not in a way of like, you know, aggrandizing what they do for a living, but in a way Mm. of like, hey, here's where things got rough. It's like a microcosm for life. You know what I mean? And we can like jump into that for just a minute, realize how tough that hour and a half was for them. And then come back and say, okay, well, they do hard things. I can do hard things. I think that relationship there is... Mm is huge. That's a, that's a big part. Well, what, what do you have to say about that, Gary?
2: There were some, let's call them unsavory, chants coming from the Crawley fans last week towards the players, towards the manager. You could see as well when the players went over to applaud the fans. I think there was about 140-odd Crawley fans in the crowd last week, which is a, you know, not a bad attendance when they've had a lot of long away games to start the season with. You could sense that they were sort of trying you know getting on the players back and a lot of abuse was being directed at the manager and and Tom basically said to me we totally understand their frustration you know we know it's not good enough individually we know we've not been good enough collectively we know we've not been good enough this is not the way it was supposed to play out 10 games into the season but I basically said to him you can obviously hear what the crowd are chanting and it it, people have people have paid their money to get to, to Doncaster as an example, you know they've paid good money to get on a coach or on a train or petrol money to drive themselves there. They've paid money to get into the ground. You know they they spent a lot of money to get behind the side on 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 days like that. And, and every team is going to have afternoons where it, it it doesn't quite work out, you know, very well for them. Um, and the fans are entitled to their opinion of you know what they what they think of of the manager, what they think of the players what they think of that performance, you know, and and Tom was basically saying pretty much along those lines, you know, we totally understand their frustration. They're entitled. Need whilst we're in this position is everybody to try and get behind what we're trying to do. You know, having a fractious support base where some people are with the manager, some people are not with the manager. Everybody, everybody can be a football manager. Everybody wants to pick the team. Everybody would pick a different team. I'd pick a different 11 to you would pick a different 11 to, to Brandt. but Kevin makes that decision and you know he his reputation is, is based on those decisions that he makes um, and all, I think all Tom is asking for is if this is the 11 that Kevin has picked or the 17 or 18 including the subs and these are the changes that he makes during the game you've got to try and get behind it because if by 5 o'clock tomorrow Crawley have won 4-1-5-1 against Stevenage a team in the top 3 I'm not saying last week will be forgotten, but we'll all be on the other side of the coin, won't we? Going, wasn't Tom Nichols brilliant when he got a hat trick? Wasn't you know Corey great in goal because he saved that penalty and did this and did that? Wasn't sound so great? Why doesn't this person get start every week? Wasn't it great to have George Franklin back in the side or, or whatever it may be? You know, everybody will suddenly get behind everything that the club are doing.
1: <laughs> so, what, what, question number two before we move on from Crawley because it is kind of fascinating, be. Wouldn't have much to talk about if they were, you know, leading the league, you know, say, hey, things are going great, but (laughs) things aren't going great. Um, Do you think that this is a better team, a better roster than last season? Just looking at it on paper, it certainly seems like this is a better roster. Am I reading that right?
2: Yeah. Uh, On paper, I would say yes. When you look at some of the players that have been brought in over the summer, um, the problem with that, guys, is that football's not played on paper. <laughs> it's, played, it's played on grass or it's, or it's played on Astroturf. Um, and I think another big factor that, that every club will have to go through is I don't think Kevin has had the opportunity, maybe aside from the opening game of the season, and maybe not even then, to pick what he would consider to be his favourite 11 if everybody was fit and available. You know, we've only seen the likes of Dion Conroy in the first couple of games. Joel Lynch at the back hasn't played at all this season, has he? Um, Dom Telford, I don't think, has quite sort of fired on all cylinders just at the moment. And I think because he was last season's top scorer in League Two, everybody was anticipating he would hit the ground running. And now we're 10 games in, he'd have 9, 10, 11 goals or something like that. You know, but maybe teams this season that Crawley are playing against who played against Dom last season when he was playing for Newport have got the measure of how he plays. You know, you're not going to have that sparkling season every single season. So maybe they've got the measure of it. And yeah. so I think I, I agree with you, Brand. in that, yes, it it does look a, a better. And I take nothing away from anybody that was with the squad last season because they did great things. And there were some really, really good players who've been allowed to to leave the club or go on loan to other clubs. But you'd have to look at uh, this season's squad and go as a like for like then, him against him. This season... Probably better. And if, I think if Kevin had everybody fit and available to pick from, you might be seeing a different 11 to the, the side that he currently has to pick. Just looking at Conroy, Joel Lynch, George Frankham's not been around for the last few weeks either. You know, one or two other names that are sort of coming back from injury. Um, so they, it's been tough for Kevin, but it, it, I guess it's been tough. Every manager will go through that during the course of the season, won't they? They'll have injuries to contend with. They'll have suspensions to contend with. And you you pick the side that you think is gonna do the best job against that particular opposition you're facing on the Saturday
1: well i think I do think that tomorrow Saturday is going to be a big game for Kevin, and he may yeah. not have to win the game, but they certainly have to play with some conviction and uh look like they are behind him. The team is behind him, and they're heading in a direction that isn't uh down,
2: yeah. So. I'll tell you what you could do with tomorrow, Brent, is you could do with a half-decent commentator, like bringing you the action as to sort of describe. I was how counting on your going. last game, Gary. I thought
1: you and Ken uh, were, <laughs> were the key to winning, but uh, you, you couldn't pull through the second half for us.
2: No. Okay. Tony and I will we'll try better tomorrow. We'll do our best tomorrow. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we wanted to – so we've been talking about World Cup, and now we want to get to stuff that Tyler loves to talk about. OK, um, last time we we talked about groups A and E, and this time we wanted to jump into group C and G. This is on, on the left hand side of our brackets. Um, the first group, C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and
2: Poland.
1: What mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that bracket? I
2: think that the two South American sides will progress from that without too many issues, to be honest. So I think Argentina and Mexico will will go through from that group. Um, I I think, and I don't mean it harshly, I think Saudi Arabia may well be the, the whipping boys of the group. Um, Poland, they can be tricky, they can be tough. They're normally quite physical, the, the sort of Eastern European sides. I think in the other group we're looking at, we've got Serbia, those sort of sides, you know, always tough and, and tricky to play against. But I, I just think Argentina and Mexico will have too much for both Saudi Arabia and Poland. And I think Argentina and Mexico, in that order, Argentina winning the group, Mexico finishing second, they'll be the two that go through from Group C. Pretty
1: good, pretty good guesses, Tyler. You have any thoughts?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. you have so thoughts. many, so many thoughts. So. <laughs> Uh, For me, uh, looking at Group C, uh, you got the behemoth Argentina. Um, And the real question for for me with Argentina is how far can Messi take them? And not in a sense of uh, because here he's kind of playing more of that central attacking midfielder type role. Um, the last couple of games, he's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the withdrawn striker. I mean, whatever you want to call messy, we can call it the messy position if you want, or the Maradona position, but that's who he's being measured against in Argentina. So he still has a really high bar. He has a lot of expectations in his home country. And so for me, Argentina, a lot of pressure, but man, they, they have just a stacked squad from top to bottom. And uh for me they go through pretty easily. Um, where it gets really interesting for me is Poland, Mexico. Now, and to me it comes down to this one simple thing. Who's gonna who's the ref? And how's he gonna call the physicality of Poland against the skill and finesse of Mexico? Because Mexico is gonna draw the fouls, but is the you ref gonna flop. call them?
1: Mexico's gonna flop.
0: I mean, I mean, you can call it flopping, but when two players come together, it's 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 a hard thing to know. Okay, is that reach the level of a foul? And if the ref is lenient, in other words, allows play, that's gonna play into Poland's hand. And if the ref is very tight with the whistle, Mexico's gonna destroy Poland. And so for me, it comes down to how the game is refed. Because like like Gary said, there's more skill on that Mexico side, and Mexico could run straight through Poland just with their attacking prowess but poland are gonna put a pole in the ground and they're gonna they're gonna fight and they're gonna and if the ref allows that all that physicality then mexico might have a hard time getting through that game now they'll probably all beat saudi arabia but i mean saudi arabia played the u.s okay with their b team so (laughs) They, they they have some players they're they're not slackers but again to me Saudi Arabia is probably gonna lose all three games. Poland and Mexico come in close, and I think Mexico pulls it out in the end.
2: Do you see that Tyler then as the as the key fixture within the group? Mexico-Poland. Yeah, sure. yep, so every, for sure. everybody that... beats Saudi Arabia, Argentina sort of beat everybody. And yeah, then I think Argentina of,
0: coasts. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. maybe they tie Mexico. But okay. Yeah, but. I mean, they, they're probably not too worried about that result. But, yeah, uh, yeah. got that.
2: So um, you- Are Poland a little bit too reliant on Lewandowski? For sure. As a one-man team? For sure. But the yeah.
0: problem is Mexico doesn't have amazing, strong centre-backs that can go up against him. And okay. so that, that's the concern on Mexico's side is, are they going to okay. bring in their bigger stronger de- center defenders to try to deal with him or they're going to stick with what works for them.
2: Mm. What's the uh, order of fixtures within the group? I think the first game is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, isn't it? I think
0: so. I don't have the, oh. the uh, time up in front of
2: me. but So like, like we talked about last time with some groups come to the final group fixtures and teams play for a draw so that they get through. To the, to the next stage. Right. I'm just wondering if the final group stage game is Argentina versus Mexico, would there be a little bit of South American camaraderie going on <laughs> to try and help each other out, as it were? Exactly, exactly. Absolutely yeah, so
0: Mexico-Poland Mexico, is the first game. So I think the way yeah. that game goes, goes the group and goes dictates Mexico's that, World yeah. Cup, honestly. Okay, so that fixture dictates the group. Yep, yep. And then Mexico-Argentina is match day two on November okay. 26th. okay, And that's the one that most people here in the U.S. watch anyway. We've got a lot of people that have Mexican roots or <laughs> a lot of those things. I just, you know, and I, I struggle with Mexico because I want to cheer for them, but I can't. You know what I mean? Like, they're our <laughs> arch-rival, our
2: arch-nemesis. Yeah.
0: But in the World yeah. Cup, I can cheer for them because we don't play them, so.
2: Yeah. Is that a bit like me cheering for Scotland because they're part yeah. of the United or- Kingdom? and like, I can't really cheer for them. Yeah, I mean,
0: there. it's like, you know, like Canada, like cheering for Canada. It's like, yeah, whatever. Let's, okay, We'll have some maple syrup on our pancakes today. You know, no <laughs> big
2: deal, And that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough, right? Okay, fair enough. How about you, Brent?
1: Uh, I, I have to agree, Argentina. Although they do struggle, don't they, in World Cups? They tend to struggle just a little bit, um, especially with all the pressure that they put on Messi or he puts on himself to kind of carry the team through, but I I think that they will we will be fine. I am concerned about Mexico, especially if you're looking at the recent form and you know the last few games before everyone heads to the World Cup through this international window. Mexico was up two nothing. They beat Peru one nothing, but then they were up two nothing against Colombia and lost three two. So there's there's a lot of I think there's a lot of angst around that team. Uh, they're isn't Tata Martinez their coach, and he was off uh, uh, watching another game, I think, during one of their recent games or something. There's a little bit of drama, I guess, as there always is um, with them, but uh, I'm I'm going to go with Argentina and Poland. I think there's just enough, I don't know, there's just enough disarray there that, uh, yeah, I just, I think Mexico might struggle. Oh. this, this go around. So I'm going to, I'm going to have Argentina and Poland going
0: through. Um, Ooh, okay. Calling the, calling out your rival, not allowing yeah. them through on your bracket. Oh, no, get no, emotional. Um, we will make that.
1: So, um, but yeah, I think their recent form is, is concerning, but that's, you know, they could all change in a couple of months, depending on what the final rosters look like, but, I think it is kind of concerning when you're up 2-0 against uh, another decent team, Colombia, and Colombia is not in the the World Cup either, right? No. And uh, then give up three goals. Uh, That's got to be disconcerting, but it could also be a wake-up call. But I'm going to stick with disconcerting and go with Argentina and Poland. And uh, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe even Poland could uh, win that group. Um, but Saudi Arabia might, might be a, a sleeper there. They might cause some havoc. They probably won't get through, but playing the United States tough zero, zero that's got to give them hope that they uh, aren't going to get rolled right out of the world cup. And it's well, in it's
0: their neck of, neck of the woods, game, right? Yeah, It's a home it's game in, for them essentially. Yeah.
1: It'll be in their neck of the woods. They'll probably get a lot of that. So um, yeah, I, I interesting, very interesting group. It could, it could go uh, what people think, Argentina-Mexico, Argentina-Poland, or, you know, Poland-Argentina, Ar- or Poland-Mexico, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Brennan, if he were here, I think he'd pull Saudi Arabia out and say it's a home game for them. They're going to find <laughs> some way to slide <laughs> some oil through to grease the wheels of democracy, so to speak, to, <laughs> to get some results in this World Cup and get through the second round
1: we're probably just doing his research he's trying to get ready so when we when we catch him up we'll he'll have all all the things ready to go there you go <laughs> so interesting group and probably an exciting group But group G we got some big guns in group G we've got Brazil Serbia Switzerland and Cameroon should we go back to Gary your thoughts on uh, maybe an obvious call there but uh, after that
2: Well, yeah, I think this group is all about who finishes second behind Brazil. And I think of the three teams that are left behind, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. Goodness me, I know I'm going to have to make some sort of decision in a little bit, but I'm looking at that thinking it could be any one of those three. Because, again, I think like we said about Argentina, I think Brazil will be all three of those. Um, again, I'm not entirely sure of the running order of the the group games, but it's a very tricky one to call again because like I said about Poland, Serbia, Eastern European, big physical well organized very difficult to play against, Cameroon, sometimes some some great flair players um, sometimes they they turn up and you know like we spoke about before, some of these African nations are now sort of really closing the gap on, you know, South American sides and, and European sides, aren't they? Um, and Switzerland on their day, you know, as England have found to their detriment over the years, can be tricky to play against. So I don't know, I'm really, I'm really, so who, who's Brazil's first game? Who's who's Brazil's first fixture against? Do we know? Tyler's our resident
0: uh... Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I've got it. Um, Let's see. First game is Brazil versus group G. Sorry. Sorry. Serbia.
2: Okay. Okay. So I, I think Brazil beat Serbia. And I think Serbia's passage through to the next round, I think depends on how well they recover from the defeat by Brazil and the outcome of the, the other opening game between Switzerland and Cameroon. Because I think if if Cameroon get a result over Switzerland, so Brazil and Cameroon are, are three points after the first game, um, I think it could be a, cycle, a big psychological blow to both Serbia and Switzerland. So I think if I'm going to go out on a limb, I'm going to say Brazil and Cameroon are going to progress. Ooh. Because oh. I think they'll... I think they'll both win their opening games. And I think that might have a, like I say, a psychological and possibly a a detrimental effect on Serbia and Switzerland, who would then have to play each other at some stage, wouldn't they? So I think with Cameroon winning that opening game against Switzerland and Brazil winning against Serbia, I think that will be enough for both of those sides to then be on the front foot to progress into the next stages. But for me, Brazil and Cameroon. There, I've said it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you have to pick Brazil. They're just, they're stacked top to bottom, just like Argentina. And I think after that, like Gary said, it's a crapshoot. It's, wow, it's close, right? These three teams, I I wouldn't call this the group of death. Uh, but it's close, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of these three teams and all the way they play too. They all play scrappy, uh, especially Serbia. They're just a strong side, you know. And Cameroon for me, I, 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 I think they end up last in this group. But okay, they're right next to Africa, so you know maybe maybe not. Maybe the Africans finally start coming through, like Gary was saying. Maybe they do. But in the meantime, I'm gonna go with um, what usually ends up happening in World Cups, which is quality comes through. Uh, people with experience come through. My boy Granite Shaka from Arsenal is going to lead the Swiss through to the second round. Um, he's going to get with Shar and Shaqiri and uh, even, you know, the keeper, Salmer, he, he, you know, he's scrappy too. He's a smaller guy, but scrappy. shakiri has got that, like, I don't know how small his legs are, but it looks like they're only two feet long. But he's still somehow a, a world-class footballer and just amazing. So I'm I'm gonna root for the Swiss and I'm gonna call them to to slide through, even though I know Serbia are big and strong, and Cameroon still have a really good chance. Um, I'm gonna go with the Swiss on this one.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, might about be you, Brent.
0: Uh, might not be
1: the group of death, but it's, it might be the group of death by a thousand cuts. These guys are. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's tough not to pick Brazil, although they haven't had uh, was it? The last World Cup or the World Cup before. Uh they've got trounced pretty good. I think in Brazil, yeah, you know, against like, Germany
0: where they just Germany, Germany yeah. just kept scoring on them.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was like 7 to 1. It was a, a fun fun match to watch. You <laughs> always you always want to see that. I'm not uh uh Brazil you, I'm always I' always root for the underdog so whenever a, a team like Brazil has a, a bad tournament I'm okay with that but I think it's you cannot not pick Brazil to be uh, come out of that on on top as far as the rest of them though I think I'll it's it could come down to like something like uh, Tyler just brought up with refing how how are these games refed I know Switzerland watching them. I'm not an expert, but they seem to play a little on the defensive side. Um, they're tough. Uh, Serbia is probably going to be the same way. Cameroon's probably going to be a little more on the uh, front foot, uh, get after it. You know, uh, maybe they uh, nick a couple of goals off somebody unexpectedly. But uh, I think I'll just go with Serbia um, as uh, just just to be different. I think, uh, you know, Tyler. Tyler thinks Cameroon's going to finish last. Gary has them going through. Uh, I, I think it'd almost be a gra- crap shoot. It could be who shows up that day, how the game's ref, what the weather's like. Uh, maybe it's the one day it rains. Who knows? Um, and so that's what I'll, I'll do. I'm going to go Brazil
0: and Serbia. Mm, Serbia, okay. huh? Nice nice yeah you know they are the as far as odds go in the world cup brazil is the top seed so um as far as the odds are concerned brazil france england argentina so we did review two of those groups today (laughs) brazil and argentina and for us to all pick brazil and argentina means we're going with the odds and yes i picked the next highest seed as well with switzerland we're a bunch um, of homers is that what you're saying Tyler? Well, I mean, I am picking the odds and <laughs> you know, in sports it's never the odds, right? Just like in in real life, the odds don't always play out, but um but Serbia are not too far behind Switzerland are, uh plus 8,000. And again, this is the odds to win the World Cup, not to um, you know, progress out of the group. Serbia are only uh three spots behind just behind the US and Poland, so
2: what uh what are the odds now on England Tyler just out of interest after England uh, or are they
0: yeah okay. plus 700 on Vegas insider who do not sponsor this podcast
2: right okay yeah <laughs> yeah not yet yeah yeah it'd be interesting when we uh come around to discuss it in the group that, that England are in uh because yeah not having a great run of results at the moment relegated out of the the nation's league in the last couple of weeks as well relegated out of the the top tier of the Nations League anyway, England. No wins in five. Played all their games now before heading off to the World Cup. So the next time England play will be that that opening fixture in the World Cup. So confidence isn't overly high with England at the present time. So, uh, yeah, it could well be that, uh, that Wales and Iran and, and the US take full advantage of that when it comes to playing England. Clearly, I hope not, but you guys hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, aren't they
0: doing a World Cup preview game on, you know, like, before then, or no? Is that did I imagine that, or is that the women's team? I
2: thought, yeah, that, could, that was... could well be the women's team because November is when the, the proper competition starts, isn't it? So I think, yeah, England of England played Germany over here on Monday evening and drew three uh, three, lost last Friday night to Italy, which confirmed the relegation out of the top tier of the Nations League, and yeah, there's people you know, calling for the head of Gareth Southgate and, you know, all that sort of thing. And other people are questioning some of the call-ups that were made where people didn't actually get any minutes. You know, a, a player from Brentford was called up to the squad last week and then didn't end up getting any minutes in either of the two games.
0: Yeah, Tony, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So you just think, well, I don't really see the point of that because, you know, players like, you know, Harry Kane and Rashford and, and people like that, you you know what they can do. You know they're going to be an absolute shoe in to be in the squad. Whereas Ivan Tony could have had an opportunity to show what he's capable of on a, on an international stage, he might not have done enough to to cement himself in, in Gareth's thoughts going forward. But he he didn't even give him the opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, so you just, bring him in off the bench in the 70th minute and give him a run yeah. out, and see if he can yeah. work as a super sub, right? Like, where's the harm in that?
2: I yeah. don't know. Yeah, a lot of Brentford fans were saying, you know, when it went to two two against Germany, when England got it back to two two, bring Ivan Tony on now for the closing stages and see if he can notch a winner. You yep. know, he may not have done them. I and as it turns out, England took a 3 2 lead anyway and then threw it away. Um, <laughs> Literally. They, 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 Literally threw yeah. it away, right? Right into they, the goal. Yeah. And there, there was me <laughs> I've recently as well talking to some other people, uh, bigging up Nick Pope about he should be the number one choice ahead of Jordan Pickford. And uh, yeah, then he really let me down <laughs> on Saturday. Um, oh, sorry, on Monday night. Um, but yeah, yeah, frustration over here at the moment, certainly with, with Brentford fans about. Ivan Tony getting the call up, our first international for England international for the best part of sort of 75, 80 years. And then he didn't get an opportunity for any minutes on the pitch. Give the man a cap, right? Exactly. If the cap Brent. fits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brand's all about the
2: caps, right, Brand? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm going to wear one at a Crawley game one day, Brent, in sort of homage to you. Oh, possibly. excellent. Yeah. I'll send you a little picture that I'm wearing a little, I'll get a Crawley <laughs> flat cap and I'll, I'll send it. And uh, yeah, as a, as a homage to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I wore baseball caps for years and years and years. And then uh, I just, uh, I need to do something different and I have to wear a cap anyway. Cause you know, yeah. I, uh, I gave away my hair to charity or something. I don't know where it went, but uh, okay. So I'm always wearing a cap and uh, I've got about 10 or 12 of them and I just absolutely love them. So, Okay. You cannot well, go wrong with a nice flat cap. We've even been bugging the RSL team store here okay. to to get them. Let's start a trend. So
2: yeah, <laughs> if you wear one tomorrow and Crawley get themselves a victory, then you're not allowed to change that flat cap. Well, I have. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, see, I have uh, my Crawley Town pin on there. Can't okay, see it. on on the hats I wear my my uh, regular stable of hats. I wear. Uh, I represent Crawley Town on there. Everybody knows I'm a Real Salt Lake fan, so Good. I have Crawley Town on there.
2: Uh, they represent
1: as well. So before we let you go, we know you got to go in a few minutes. But what are your thoughts on the Premier League so far? Tyler has just been uh, totally obnoxious this season because his team somehow has uh, stumbled to the top of the table. Somehow okay.
2: stumbled. Wow. <laughs> okay. I like think an- they were aided. They were aided quite dramatically by a. Very lucky 3-0 win the other week. Well, then I against Brentford. They got, they got <laughs> lucky. I think I don't know how much was, luck was
0: involved. It looked like more like pure domination, but you know, I you know well, well, refing that, that Brentford didn't
1: get any of the calls. Arsenal got all the calls. Yeah, Tyler, exactly. You know, that's usually how it goes for us. Tyler is the, the guy that blames the ref for everything, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, I just I just uh, I want to see a little changing of the guard, a little new color at the top. And I'm kind of tired of that Man City light blue at the top of the table for so long. So, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to take the top spot, make it red and go in and beat Tottenham this weekend. You know, that's 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 my goal for the week.
2: Yeah, that's a big game tomorrow, isn't it? Lunchtime tomorrow. That's uh, that's the early kickoff at sort of half past 12 our time. Very, very big game. Yeah, my wife I, I be watching
1: that. My wife's a Tottenham fan, and my our, one of our sons is also an Arsenal fan, so okay. there might be some text going back and forth.
2: Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, I think really that the Premier League is is shaping up as you maybe expected it would. You know, coming to this stage of the season, it, it it's going to be interesting to see. I think how how Graham Potter gets on at uh, at Chelsea. Obviously, he's taken over the role from uh, Thomas Tuchel. Moving on from, from Brighton, where he did a a fabulous job. And you you just sort of hope for for Graham Potter's sake that he hasn't bitten off more than he can chew um by taking on. You know, he, he did great with with Brighton. He got them out of the, the champion uh, sorry, he took over, didn't he, after Chris Hutton got them out of the championship and into the Premier League, steadied the ship, kept them in the Premier League for the last however many seasons he's been there. I think progressing every season with a higher place finish than they'd had the season before. Um You just wonder whether for Graham Potter, has he at Brighton, he would have been a a big fish in a relatively small pond. Now, is he a a small fish in the huge pond that is Chelsea Football Club? Because we know that, you know, when we talk about owners like we did earlier on, we know that uh, certainly their former owner didn't suffer fools gladly, did he, Mr Abramovich, in terms of, you know, wanting to get rid of managers if, if things weren't going the right way. Um, so you, just be interesting to see how how Graham gets on because he's also got then the the rotation of the squad to take into account all sort the of Champions League games and all sort of things like that, hasn't he? That he, he didn't have to worry about when he was at Brighton and the expectation again that we talked about earlier on of the fans at Chelsea they will expect to challenge four trophies at the end of every season, won't they? Be that the league, be that an FA Cup, be that the Champions League, whatever it may be. But in terms of the way the league sits at the moment, I don't think there's any real surprises. And I think we've spoken before, haven't we, about the fact that within the Premier League, there are almost three leagues in one. There's the team that will challenge for the title. There's the teams that will sort of be relatively safe every season in the middle. And then there's the teams that will, um, you know, struggle in the bottom half of the table. And you just hope that, you know, certainly for myself, you, you, you certainly just hope that the side that you support isn't one of the worst three teams in the league come the end of the season.
1: So what are your uh, thoughts on that? We got at the bottom of the table, Leicester yeah. City seems to be yeah. imploding this season. That's kind yeah. of a surprise, isn't it? Is that Brendan yeah. Rodgers?
2: Yeah, Brendan Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a little bit of a surprise. I got, I got to be totally honest. Um, they haven't even won a game yet. No, they, um, and I think they were the only club not to sign anybody as well over the summer. The only club in the top flight not to sign any player, and of course they lost. Kasper Schmeichel, he went in the, um, in the summer in goal. He went off. They've still got the likes of Jamie Vardy, but I think there's rumours going around about uh, Tillemans and, and players like that sort of moving on. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a surprise, Leicester. I mean, I think I think they'll have enough in them, and I think Brendan Rodgers is an astute enough manager to, to get his side out of it. Who's who's the other two sides currently in the bottom three, Brent?
1: we got Nottingham Forest with four points. Um, yeah. They just got promoted, so that's not necessarily yeah. a surprise. But I think people were expecting them to do a little bit better. Um, yep. They may not have uh, – because they didn't have a lot of changeover, or did they – no, they they changed over, like, 20 players, didn't they? Yeah, they changed yeah. a lot.
0: They yeah, did. I but did. on Lester. I, I still like James Madison. I love his name. I love yeah. that he helped with the Declaration of Independence and the founding of <laughs> our country. And <laughs> now he's coming back to your country – to help with soccer. Just kidding. I know he's not American. I know he's he's British, but I I love his name. I love the way he plays. He's got a flair to him. And uh, I think they need to play a little bit more towards him and less towards Telemans. And I think they're losing a little, it feels like there's a break in the squad and like half of them are Telemans centric and half of them are, are Madison centric. And then the defense doesn't, know who to pass to and so they get stuck in two minds and uh, give up a lot of goals which again giving up an, an amazing goalkeeper that's been there for a long time to save your bacon that's not great either so no,
2: no no no
1: and the other team in the bottom three is West Ham which is kind of a surprise last season they were they made it to the Europa League right they finished fifth or something
2: yeah yeah For
1: sixth and I love I like David Moyes um, I thought he got a raw deal at Man U. you know, it's tough to follow a legend, mm. uh, but he didn't last very long at Manchester United. And he had a great season at West Ham last year, but they did kind of tail off at the end of the season. They kind of got a little too, uh, too high there and uh, tailed off. But I, I always root for David Moyes. Um, I do like him. So those are the bottom three, Leicester, Nottingham Forest and West Ham. Yeah. Um, I'm just- I was hoping for Everton to be a little third 13th. They only have seven points, but uh, I always liked, like I said, the underdog and I was rooting for Everton to go down last year because it'd be nice to see one of the big six, uh, seven teams go down. Um, and then uh, Brighton's in fourth. So I will be rooting
0: for Brighton to, I don't know, care where they finish as long as it's above Chelsea that's just the way I am. (laughs) Well, maybe West Ham's focused on the Europa League because they've gotten great results over there. They, they beat Viborg in the play-in game. Um, You know, they tie, they, they've won every single Europa League stage game. So it could be that they're just trying to deal with, you know, the, the, the rigors of being a top club, which are, you got to play a midweek game on a Europa League stage in a foreign country. And then, come back home and, and uh, you know, beat Everton on the weekend. And that's no small task, right? Like that, there's a lot to that and travel plays sometimes into players' minds more than most. That, that's why I think the game's dramatically different over here in the United States. Cause we're so spread out, you know, like there, there's such a huge difference between like going to Seattle or going to Miami or going to New York city from here even right. Like, it's not like playing St. George or (laughs) Cedar city on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like it, like it is in England where things are much closer together. So yeah, Yeah, I think West Ham's just struggling that way. England's not a whole, it is larger than Utah, but it
1: is not a whole lot larger and to have uh, all of those teams in such a smaller uh, geographic area is beneficial where you have, if you're going from Seattle to Miami, that's a six, seven hour flight. Yeah, And if you t- try to take the train, it's two weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> you're just not getting there because.
0: Uh, yeah. Like weird. Cardiff, right. If you got to go into a different country, like it throws people off over there or Swansea, right. But they're yeah. not in the premier league anyway. They're both in the championship. So. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So do so you have any, any final thoughts for this, this month, uh, Gary? We'll, we'll, uh, um, we've got a couple of groups left to go, uh, Next time.
2: Yeah. No, uh, yeah. obviously, I hope that the next time we're talking, we're talking about things a bit more favourably uh, uh, regarding Crawley Town and that maybe they're on an unbeaten run starting from tomorrow through until the next time that we talk uh, and our conversation, I'm sure, will be uh, a lot different then. Maybe it won't be and maybe we'll be talking about a, a whole new manager being in place. Who knows? We'll wait and see on that one. Um, and as I say, the only thing about the groups that we're still to discuss is that uh, England, I think, are going to have it a little bit tough. A little bit tough against the three sides that they've got to face with the run of form that England are currently on. You just hope that England can now turn it on when it comes to the major tournament.
1: Well, in U.S., you know, they have their arch nemesis down there. They'll end up, uh, if they get out of the groups, they could end up seeing each other. And that's Ghana, right? Ghana seems to have the
0: U.S.'s number. I think they've played.
1: Ghana's knocked them out of the World Cup several times. Is that
0: correct, Tyler? Yeah a couple times. I haven't wrote a song about it, but whatever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wrote a song
0: in the only way that I write songs, which basically is I, I still another song, Um, you know, like, uh, what is that song? Uh, Break even by um, uh, shoot. What's that brand? Anyway, uh, I have lyrics to that song that I, you know, put Ghana, you know, we can't beat Ghana in the World Cup. It's a whole it's a whole thing. I'll, I'll perform it for you next time on the podcast. A whole other episode. If,
2: yeah, if we had a bit more time, Tom, I'd love to hear it, but we're almost out of time, so we're not going to hear it now, are we? <laughs> <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
1: Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's a
2: whole that podcast, too. We,
1: Gary's quite uh, – I've noticed you're quite the audiophile. You're uh, very much into music. We have similar styles of it. can have a whole other podcast talking about
2: your oh, favorite absolutely. band jam right yeah quite right quite right yeah, very right. close uh, they uh formed and played a lot in uh, the town that i now live in, okay, in woking yeah, yeah yeah that's where i am nice so my wife my wife tells me i only moved in with her because this is i could be closer to paul weller <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: oh yeah the break even is by the
2: script that's okay that's yeah. We've moved. We've, we've moved on Tyler we're talking about the I jam. know
1: I know <laughs> we've We moved on to the jam there better, better things Tyler so I guess well, <laughs> Gary will uh we thank you for joining us it's been a lot of fun and hopefully you're
2: welcome you're welcome um
1: people are follow along and uh we give away prizes every month through two so I think we're going to tie uh maybe the world cup bracket into a giveaway uh OK, when we get closer, so it should be a lot of fun. But we thank you for joining us and You're welcome. Uh,
2: thank you for having me. We'll yeah, see thanks, you next Gary. time. All right. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. Cheers now. Bye bye.